0: Miss Milah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdullah Rubil Alamin, was Solo Law, was Sella Mobara Kala, Nabina, Mohammed, while Ali, he was Sahihi, Ejmahim, Robbish Rahli, Sodri, or Yasirli, Emri, Wahlul Rup, the Tamil Lisani, Yafkahu, Koli, Allah, whom I limna, Mayan, Fauna, and Fana, Bima Alamtena, Zidna, Ilma. In the last few lessons, we spoke about the muslims preparation for the battle of qadisiyya which was the major battle between the muslims and the persians during the rule of umar ibn al khattab so the last few lessons we spoke about all of the preparations that were made for that battle and today inshaAllah, we will talk about the actual battle now this battle it took place in the month of muharram in the year 14 of the Hijrah. And on the first day of fighting, on the first day of the battle, the fighting was set to take place after Salat al-Dhuhr. So both sides had made all of their preparations and now the time to fight had come. So the fighting was scheduled to start after Salat al-Dhuhr. So, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, who was the leader of the Muslim forces, he led the people in Salatul Dhuhr, and then he told his army that, okay, after the prayer is over, wait for me to say four takbirat. I will say, Allahu Akbar. And I will say it four times. The first time I say, Allahu Akbar, Repeat it after me. So I say Allahu Akbar and the whole army. You should also say Allahu Akbar. The first time I say Allahu Akbar, you repeat it after me and take that as a signal to prepare yourselves, get ready for the fight. So the first takbir you repeat after me and get ready to fight. Then I will say another takbir. I will say Allahu Akbar again. And all of you repeat Allahu Akbar loudly. And this is your signal. Two, prepare your weapons and put on your armor. So that is the second takbir. Then he said, I will say Allahu Akbar a third time. The third takbir. And you repeat after me, everyone say Allahu Akbar. And take your positions. Take your positions. Get ready to attack. And then I will say the fourth takbir. I will say Allahu Akbar. And you repeat after me, Allahu Akbar. And that is your signal to go and start the fight, to start the battle. So these were the instructions that Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas an, gave to his army. So the actual fight was to begin after the fourth takbir. But those three previous takbirs, the Persian army was hearing it as well. Sa'ad was saying, Allahu Akbar, and the whole Muslim army, Allahu Akbar, and the Persians, they're hearing it and they're saying, what is this? What are they doing? And it actually kind of rattled them it startled them they became a little scared but the muslims with each takbir alhamdulillah they became stronger and their morale increased with each takbir so it was something that was good for the muslims and it was actually something that was scary for the persian kuffar all right so after the fourth takbir Sa'd ibn Abi Uqasi says, Allahu Akbar, and the whole army, they say, Allahu Akbar, and they charge forward, and the battle actually begins. And the first ones to go forward were the horsemen, with the foot soldiers behind them. So the horsemen, they went forward first, and of course the fighting was very intense. And there are huge numbers of people on this battlefield. And the Muslims were greatly outnumbered. The Persian army, had about 240,000 soldiers. Can you imagine that? 240,000 soldiers on the battlefield. And the Muslims, they had only about 40,000 or less than 40,000. So the Muslims were greatly outnumbered, but as we have mentioned many times before, and we have seen in the seerah, and we have seen many examples that it's not about numbers. As long as the Muslims, they have their Iman and they keep their duties towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they do what is right and stay away from what is prohibited even if their numbers are less they will be successful so the numbers didn't bother them but they were greatly outnumbered the kuffar the Persians they had about 240,000 while the Muslims had about 40,000 or maybe less also in addition to being outnumbered the Muslims on the first day of this battle they were caught off guard with something else as well. There was another surprise waiting for them. The Persians had a special war strategy that they used against the Muslims that the Muslims never expected. And what was that? The Persians had in their war arsenal, they had elephants. Huge war elephants. These are elephants that are trained to fight. So elephants, they're huge in size and these elephants are also trained for battle. Now these elephants, they had these baskets on their backs. They were equipped with baskets on their backs and these baskets were secured in place. The basket wouldn't fall off the elephant because they were secured by a belt. And this belt tied the basket on the top and it went under the elephant and it was tied up there so basically secured on top of these elephants backs were these baskets and inside the baskets were soldiers now these soldiers inside the baskets that were secured on top of the elephants these soldiers were in full body armor and they had a special type of sword as well not a regular sword but they had like a extra long sword extra long sword so they could fight people who were down because remember the height of the elephant is very high right so they really planned this out and this is something that is is very difficult to overcome because in war the people who have the higher ground they have the advantage if you are higher and your opponent is lower then the person who is higher has the advantage over the person who is lower this is a very well-known war strategy. So they were on top of these elephants, whereas the Muslims they only had foot soldiers and horses, right? And horses much shorter and much smaller than an elephant. So what happened was that when this fighting started and these elephants came out, the Muslims were not able to get up to those people on top of the elephants. They were not able to reach them with their horses, even though they're on their horses, they're not able to to hit the people in the baskets with their swords because they're too high up. But as for the people on the elephants, they had extra long swords. So they were able to fight downwards to the people who were on the ground and the people who were on the horses. So this put the Muslims at somewhat of a disadvantage, right? And the elephants themselves, you might think, okay, they should just go for the elephants. They should kill the elephants. First of all, it's not easy to kill an elephant and secondly these elephants were also protected with armor that the persians they actually put armor on their elephants as well so now just ima- just try to imagine this scene these huge elephants with soldiers on the top with long swords fighting the people who were down on horses and on foot and the elephant itself is trained for war so this elef- these elephants are actually going and stomping on people as well and and swaying their trunks, you know, hitting people with their trunks, pushing people off horses with their trunks. This was how they used these elephants, right? So this is something that actually caught the Muslims greatly off guard. They had, they had no idea that this was in store for them. They weren't expecting this at all. And this is something new that they hadn't, they hadn't really experienced before. How do you fight against these elephants, right? So it was a big problem for the Muslims in the beginning of the battle and the tribe of Banu Asad that was one of the Arab tribes and of course they were with the Muslims, they were fighting on the side of the Muslims, Banu Asad, they decided that they will go and neutralize the threat of the elephants, Banu Asad they took it upon themselves will go and will take care of these elephants. And the leader of the tribe of Banu Asad was Tulayha ibn Khuwaylid. And we spoke about Tulayha ibn Khuwaylid al-Usdi. عنه, that he was someone who was a fierce warrior. And he himself, this one man, was considered as 1,000. Because he was such a, a fierce and a great warrior. So Tulayha ibn Khuwaylid, the leader of the tribe of Banu Asad, he... Told his his people, the people in his tribe, we're going to go and we're gonna we're going to neutralize the threat of the elephants. We're going to attack those elephants and the people on those elephants. So Banu Asad, under the leadership of Tuleha, they go towards the elephants, and they're trying to to stop the elephants and the people on the elephants. Now Rustum, Rustum, who is the general, who is the commander of the Persian forces. He sees exactly what's going on. He sees that okay, they're having the Muslims are having difficulty because of the elephants. And Banu Asad has gone to attack the elephants and the people on the elephants. So Rustum, he orders his soldiers, focus all of your energy and all of your resources on Banu Asad. Kill Banu Asad. Kill them so that they cannot harm our elephants. And Rustum is thinking that if we can finish off Banu Asad, Banu Asad, they have really taken the lead here. They have taken this initiative to go and attack the elephants. So Rustum is thinking if we can finish off Banu Asad, then this is going to have a huge effect on the morale of the Muslim army. That yes, these were your bravest guys. They went and they tried to neutralize the elephants, but they were all killed. If the Muslims see this, then it will really, really make them dejected. It will really make them feel that their morale has gone down. This is what what Rustum was thinking. So he orders his forces focus on Banu Asad and protect the elephants. And the Persians, they attacked Banu Asad. And the tribe of Banu Asad, they lost a lot of men on that day. On that first day of fighting, they lost 500 soldiers from Banu Asad alone. 500 men from Banu Asad, they were killed on that day. So sa ibn Abi Waqqas, the leader of the Muslim forces, he sees what's going on as well. And he realizes that this situation is very dangerous. That these elephants need to be contained. We need to take care of this threat of the elephants. Something needs to be done about them so he calls for asim ibn amr al-tamimi asim ibn amr al-tamimi was someone who was known for good formulation of war strategy he was a person who knew how to plan in times of war and in times of battle. so saad ibn Abi waqqas asked for his help he asked asim ibn amr al-tamimi come and you need to devise a plan you need to devise a strategy to neutralize the threat of these elephants. These elephants are giving us big problems. So, Asim ibn Amr tamimi he accepted this responsibility and he accepted this mission. And for this mission, he formed three regiments of soldiers. One regiment of snipers. A sniper in that time was a person basically who would shoot arrows from a distance right? So he formed a group of snipers, that's one regiment, then he formed another regiment of horsemen and another regiment of foot soldiers. So basically he has three groups here. The shooters, he has the horsemen and he has the foot soldiers. So he ordered the snipers, the shooters, he ordered them to keep shooting at the people who were in the baskets on the top of the elephants, just keep shooting at them. They had full body armor so the arrows were not going through the arrows were not killing them but Asim said it doesn't matter just keep shooting at them because this will keep them distracted if you keep shooting arrows at them then you know they will be too busy shielding themselves with their shields so they will not be able to fight people with their swords right if you keep shooting them with arrows so he knew the arrows are not going to kill them but he he told them to just shoot them as a distraction so he said okay and when they're distracted The horsemen will be in front of the elephants to keep them distracted from the front. And then the foot soldiers, when all of this distraction is going on, the foot soldiers have to go under the elephants and cut the belt. Cut that belt that is tying them to the basket on the top. So this was the plan. Three three regiments and each of these regiments had their own responsibility. So they carried out this plan. The shooters shot at the people who were in the baskets on top of the elephants. They got busy defending themselves so they couldn't fight anyone who was on the ground or on the horses. The horsemen kept them occupied from the front. And the foot soldiers, they went and they cut those belts that were tied under the elephants so that the baskets would not be secure on the top anymore. So when they did this, what happened? The baskets fell down. And the people who were in those baskets, they also fell down. So as soon as those baskets fell down and the soldiers inside those baskets fell down, the horsemen were ready to quickly go to them and kill all of them. So they carried out this plan and alhamdulillah, they were able to neutralize the threat of the elephants. They did this to all of the elephants. And they killed all of those people who were in those baskets on top of the elephants after they fell down. And now the elephants themselves, they're confused too. Now they have no leader, no one is guiding them anymore. And in all of the chaos and all of the disruption, the elephants, they ran away from the battlefield. So now, alhamdulillah, this threat of the elephants has been neutralized. And now regular fighting can take place. And the Muslims, they know how to do this, alhamdulillah. So then the fighting became more of a normal type of fighting on horses and on foot. And that fighting continued throughout the rest of the day until sunset and when the sun set when it became dark both sides they retreated to their camps the persians retreated to their camp and the muslims retreated to their camp now the first day of fighting in the battle of al-qadisiya it is known as yawm armath yawm al-armath and that means the day of disorder or the day of chaos because with what happened with the elephants it was it was it was very chaotic the scene so that, that day became known as al Armath, the day of disorder. But in the night after Maghrib, after sunset, both sides retreated to their camps and there was there was no fighting, nothing happened throughout the night. <coughs> the night was very calm. So the night that night became known as Laylatul hadah Laylat al-Had'ah, the night of calmness. So the day was al-Armath, but the night was Laylatul Hadah. The day of disorder, but the night of peace and calmness. Alright, so now after Salatul Fajr, the next morning, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu he ordered for the burial of the dead bodies, because they couldn't bury the dead bodies in the night, because it was too dark. So after Fajr, when the sunlight came, he ordered for the burial of the dead. And the other side, the Persian side, they were also busy with burying their dead bodies as well. So that took up uh, pretty much most of the morning and both sides then regrouped and reorganized themselves for day 2 of the battle and day 2 of the battle was also going to start after salat al-dhuhr so the morning is just for reorganization and you know taking care of the dead bodies and all of that and the fighting is actually set to start after salat al-dhuhr all right so both sides regrouped both sides reorganized and prepared themselves for the next day of fighting, for day two of the fighting. Now, shortly before Salatul Dhuhr, before the fighting was about to begin, the Muslims, this is day two, the Muslims, they received great news, very good news on day two. And what is this news? That Al-Qaqa' ibn Amr al-Tamimi has arrived with his reinforcements from Ash-Sham, from Syria. Umar ibn al-Khattab, he had ordered Al-Qaqa' To take his his soldiers and leave Sham, leave Syria, and come to Al Qadisiyah to support Saad and his army. So he had left a while back, but Alhamdulillah, now he has finally arrived on day two of the fighting, before the fighting of day two started. So when he arrived and the people saw Qaqa, one of the greatest warriors of Islam, they were very happy, and their morale was boosted greatly. Alhamdulillah. So when they saw Qaqa arrive. Everybody did takbir. He said, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Alhamdulillah, Kaqa is here. So they were very happy. And he went to the commander, he went to Sa'ad, Ibn Abi Waqqas, and Sa'ad was very happy to see him. And Sa'ad told him, okay, you just arrived right now. He literally just arrived. He said, you just arrived now, so take rest today. Today you rest. You've, you've, you've come from a long distance, all the way from Sham to Persia. So now take rest today, and you can start Fighting tomorrow. You can join us tomorrow. And he said, La Abadan, never. No way. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here while everyone else is fighting. I'm going to join right now. So Saad said, Okay, if you if, if you're sure you're ready to do it, then welcome. So Kaqa prepared for battle as soon as he arrived. And now this really raised the morale of the Muslims to see this great warrior has arrived. Now when the time came to fight, it's after Salatul Dhuhr the fighting is about to begin. So both sides are ready. Both sides are lined up facing each other. So just if you can imagine the look on the battlefield, how these fights work, that each side they line up. So they have their lines. And the enemy is across from you and facing you face to face. So you have your lines and the enemy has their lines on the other side facing you. So this is how the beginning of the battle is and then both sides they run towards each other and they start fighting so this is how the battles work. so both sides were ready they were lined up ready to start the battle and Al-Qaqa ibn Amr he goes in the middle between the two armies he stands in the middle before the fighting is to start he stands in the middle and he challenges someone to come out I want one person from the Persians to come out and fight me one on one This is called Mubaraza, or a duel, one-on-one fight. And in a one-on-one fight, neither army gets involved. It's just one-on-one. And both sides just watch from the back, right? So this is called Mubaraza, this is called a duel. And this is something that was very commonly done before the actual fighting would start. And it would really boost the morale of the winner's side. And it would really, really... Decreased the morale of the losers. So Qaqa Ibn Amr he went out and he said I challenge someone to a duel So one of the greatest warriors of the Persians a man named Zul Hajib Hajib accepted the challenge and he was a great warrior of the Persians right and earlier during some previous battles with the Persians that took place before Zul hajib was one of the commanders and he killed a number of Muslims. He killed uh, a Muslim named Abu Ubaid and he killed another Muslim named Sulayat and he killed a number of others as well. So this is a man Zul hajib who had Muslim blood on his hands and Qaqa knew him and he knew whom he had killed as well. So when Zul hajib comes out to accept the challenge of qa'qa'a, qa'qa'a sees, oh, this is Dhul Hajib. You're the one who killed Abu Ubayd. You're the one who killed Sulayt. You're the one who killed my brothers. So he comes face to face with qa'qa'a, ready for the duel. And when he comes forward before the fighting starts, qa'qa'a, he says, Ya litharat Abi Ubaid. Ya litharat Sulayt. Ya litharat Abi Ubayd." He said, I'm going to take revenge for Abu Ubaid and I'm going to take revenge for Sulayt. That you killed these two brothers of mine, now I'm going to take revenge for them. So the fighting started, the duel started with both sides watching from the back. And after a fierce battle, eventually the sound of Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar came from Qa'qa. So Alhamdulillah, Qaqa, he defeated Dhul Hajib and he made takbir. He said Allahu Akbar and the Muslims, they said Allahu Akbar as well. Alhamdulillah, one of the greatest warriors of the Persians was killed. So this is something that greatly boosted the morale of the Muslims again, Alhamdulillah. And it's something that caused great depression for the Persians. The Persians were very saddened by this. They lost one of their best warriors. Alright, after this mubaraza, after this duel, the actual fighting began. And the second day of fighting is known as Yawm Al-Aghwath. Yawm al meaning the day of salvation. This is the day of salvation. The previous day was Yomul Al-Armath, the day of disorder. This day was Yomul al the day of salvation. And why is it called the day of salvation? Because many good things happened for the Muslims on this day. Qaqa arrived with support, alhamdulillah. Also, there were no elephants today, right? The previous day there were elephants. Today, no elephants to be found on the battlefield, alhamdulillah. And also, there was this victory in the duel between Qa'qa and Dhul hajib So, things are looking very good for the Muslims. So, this day became known as Yomul Aghwat, the day of salvation. Also, on this second day of fighting, Qa'qa came up with a brilliant plan, he came up with a good plan. They told him what happened the previous day. They told Qaqa, you know yesterday before you arrived, these Persians, they came with these elephants and they told him the whole story about the elephants. So Qaqa is thinking about this. He's like, okay, look, if that caused you guys so much trouble, we can use a similar strategy against them. We can use their own technique against them. But how are they gonna do this? Because the Muslims don't have any elephants. So how are they gonna do this? They don't have elephants but they have camels right so came up with an idea this is what we're gonna do we are going to take our camels and we're going to put these these rods these large long sticks on the camels right so like put two long sticks in the front of the camel that's holding up the two long sticks and two long sticks in the back of the camel so the camel is holding these sticks up and then we will put a a big cloth on top of this, right? So you can't see that it's a camel. It just looks like some huge creature. Camel is already very tall. So imagine if you put these huge sticks on it and put a cloth on that, it'll look like it's double the height that it really is. A camel is already very tall. But now these camels look twice the size. And you can't tell that this is a camel because it's covered with cloth. Now under that cloth sitting on the camel, there would be some soldiers. And, of course, the cloth would have some slits inside it so they could see what's going on. So this is what Ka'aqa what decided to do. Let's do this. And then we'll take these camels onto the field and the Persians will, will, will be shocked. They will not know what, what is this, right? So that's what they decided to do. They got their camels and they, they basically disguised the camels. This is like a costume on the camel. So it doesn't look like a camel anymore. It just looks like, literally looks like a monster like some type of a beast, right? So that's what they did. And they took those camels out onto the battlefield. So now the Persians, they're shocked, like what are these creatures that the Muslims have come with? What is this? Never seen anything like this in our lives. And the horses of the Persians got scared. The horses of the Persians seeing these these monsters, they got scared. They never seen anything like this before. And the horses, they ran away. The horses ran away. So Alhamdulillah, this gave a great advantage to the Muslims. And the fighting continued. And on the second day, the fighting continued until sunset. And even after sunset, the fighting didn't stop. It continued into the night. They were fighting in the dark. They were fighting in the night until about midnight. Until about midnight. And then on midnight, at midnight, both sides, they retreated. So that night, That night was known as Laylatul Sawad. The previous night was known as Laylatul Had'a, the calm night, because there was no fighting. But this night was known as Laylatul Sawad, the black night, because fighting, it went on in the darkness, right? So that was the end of the second day of fighting. And on that day, about 2,000 Muslims died in the second day of fighting. It just shows like how huge the numbers were on this battlefield. 2,000 Muslims died, but on the Persian side, the casualties were much greater. 10,000 Persians died in one day. This is just the second day. 2,000 Muslims and 10,000 Persians died on the second day. And then after that, they prepared themselves for the third day. And inshallah, next week we'll talk about the third day of fighting in the battle of Qadisiyyah. bi Allah. Wallahu alam. sallallahu alayhi wa baraka ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.